you're having a dinner party. It's last mm-hmm. minute. You've realized the cocktail I'm making. This this happens to Bobby all the time. The specialty cocktail that Josh is making. We're missing an item. We're missing a piece. And it can't be. Su- There's no substitutes. We have to go yeah. to the liquor store. But we don't we have, have time. We have to get this particular vermouth or amaro. But we can't leave because the oven's on. What are you going to do? What's the solution? What would you do? DoorDash. Because I know that I can get local restaurants, local stores, local establishments and get it to my apartment in no time. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol delivers with DoorDash. Getting ready to host, looking to celebrate a special night in, what about a bottle of wine to pair with dinner or some beer to go with your chips and dip? No matter the occasion, if drinks are called for, DoorDash has you covered. And then you know what? You tip right within the app. They get 100% of the tip. You got to tip your DoorDash drivers always. So save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code WHO24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Term supply must be 21 plus to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Delivery and promotions available only in select markets. You will drain it. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. Come see us on tour. Come to LA next week. In LA, we're playing two nights at the Regent. Vancouver, we're doing an early show, a matinee of sorts. I don't know, brunch time, drink the drink a Bloody Mary. <laughs> And then we're doing an evening show. Yeah. Whatever. It's going to be great. And I did ask the hooligans for stuff to do in Vancouver, and they did give me so many things. So I need to go through them, actually, and yeah, pick thank out you, hooligans. some stuff to do. And then we're doing a show in San Francisco, which I believe is sold out. So just ignore it. But the most exciting news that we have to announce today mm-hmm. is that our show at the Palladium, which I don't believe is sold out yet. It's wild that it even could be sold out, but it is a show that we are doing in New York City. We broke a thousand tickets. We've sold like a thousand ten tickets. Have we really? Yeah, we broke it. Okay, well. Isn't that that ridiculous? We have exciting news for some of those 1,000 people. If you want to extend your evening and really make a night out of it, because you're going to be in Times Square and you might as well keep partying, we're doing an after party with our BFFs, Gorgeous, gorgeous, nearby at Fishbowl. So Mm -hmm. tickets for that will be on sale. If you can hear this episode, tickets are on sale now. So rush to get those because there's not a thousand tickets. But I assume out of the 1,000 people who are hopefully coming to our show, some of you will want to party. Hope to see you soon. Tour is winding down. Let's play some comments. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. I had to pause the uh, Friday episode because it became... So obvious, even though Bobby said it at the end, that he's never seen Little Shop of Horrors. I haven't either, but I, well, my name is Audrey, and so I have been told a lot about it. And I know that there is a sadistic dentist, which Wikipedia confirmed, in the play, and literally a song called Dentist. Um, actually, Audrey, the character that uh, uh, she is playing, uh, Constance was playing, uh is in a relationship with an abusive dentist. And spoiler alert, it gets fed to Audrey to the plant. Uh, and so that she's free of the sadistic dentist boyfriend. So her going to the ADA conference is actually incredible. It's incredible. Um, I imagine you'll get a lot of calls about this, but um, I'm here to say grunge, grunge, and uh, go see... Uh, Go see Little Shop of Horrors. 
okay, bye. Literally called him my work phone for this. Bye. Okay, it's incredible. I don't think it's the reason why. They're not going to bring up a sadistic dentist at the dental conference. <laughs> I love this dear hooligan, and I hope you don't take offense, but there is nothing more our the problem with our culture than somebody calling and being like, I've never seen this musical or musical movie, but here's what it's about. <laughs> but my name is Audrey. <laughs> there is nothing like taking authority over a narrative that you actually haven't seen, but could easily watch. <laughs> I think her beautiful smile was more relevant to why she was on this uh, conference than the fact that she's starring in a musical about a sadistic dentist. They probably don't want you to think about dentistry as being sadistic, you know? I do love the call, though. Great. Thank you, Audrey. Hey, BLP. Just following up on the Kirby call um, with another example of this trend that's sweeping the nation. Um, Mahela Harold from industry i have noticed that in the new netflix movie that she's in with julia roberts and i think in dumb money too which just came out she's credited only as Mahela, and she changed her instagram and everything so something's up this is definitely definitely sweeping the nation anyway crunch crunch it's sweeping the nation <laughs> it's sweeping the nation <laughs> No, I like this. I think it's like if you are so blessed to have like an original name, like a unique name, if your not name is like not Sarah or something, then like go for it. My Hala Herald is now my Hala. Do you watch Industry? That's one of those shows that everyone says, watch Industry. You'll love Industry. And I haven't watched Industry yet. I have, but like I didn't really fall through. But I saw a few episodes. But I liked her in Bodies, 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 yeah, Three Bodies. We have... Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke, Mahala, and Kevin Bacon, which is actually my favorite part about this credits list. <laughs> who was Kevin Bacon? I've read the book. Who's who was Kevin, Kevin Bacon? Bacon? Oh, you know who he is? He's the guy they see. He's like the guy that they come oh, across. Oh, when they go out on the on the one yeah. drive? Yeah. Oh, He's yeah. like he's that the, guy. Oh, he's when they like, visit the house. Mm. <laughs> but also, I heard that they change a lot. So like maybe he's something. Yeah, but I do yeah. think he's that guy because he gives that yeah. guy like because that guy's like very threatening in like a way that I feel like Kevin Bacon can do. This is going to be I got to reread this book before the just because I loved it so much. Didn't they age up the kid? Because the kid is not yeah. my Hall's age. Right? No, the kid's like crazy. a little. The kid's sure. like a little kid. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, modernity is sweeping the nation, and I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> no, I like it. It's a good trend. And I and if I could if I could fake if I could make a fake theory, like based on nothing, just based mm. on like this is a very pop pop psychology type theory. Do mm-hmm. you think it's like the mononymous trend is kind of a backlash to the idea that no one is famous enough to be like claiming single namedom, but because of that, we're gonna do everything that we can to make you remember me. So if you want me to take out my second name so you don't have to remember it, like, I'll go for it. I'll, maybe mm-hmm. I'll be more memorable yeah. this way. Yeah. Right? I think that's a good point. It's a reaction to the number of famous people. <laughs> yeah. It's like there's too many people to remember who they are, thus, like, the plot of this podcast that, like, as a yeah. reaction to that, like, I'm not going to – you don't need to know my last name. What does that matter? Like, I'm going to go – my first name is, like, amazing enough, which I agree for, mm-hmm. like, Kirby – like it also works as well. It works better for Mahala because that's a name that's not associated with a popular uh, video game character. 
That's why it works better. It's not associated yeah. with the popular video game character. I mean, shout out to Jason at Vulture, who also immediately noticed this as like the first thing when he wrote about the trailer. The headline is, leave the world and your last name behind. <laughs> <laughs> your last name behind. I love that. No, we're on the same. It's, it's, we're, we're like, we're kindred because we're on the same line of thinking. All of this is very interesting. So excited for this movie. But what's most interesting is that this girl, he dropped her last name. It's gone. It's fully <laughs> it's nowhere gone. to be found. <laughs> Can you imagine Julia being like, we're just hearing this information and being like, okay. <laughs> like she's like, well, good for right. her. She was like something like, well, good for her, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> good for her. In my day, you had to have both names, but that's fine. <laughs> she, no, she would say something about like how many Julias she knows. Well, I'd be shit out of luck because I know six Julias. Six Julias live on my street. <laughs> you know? Okay. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Tenny. Uh, long time, long time. I had to stop the pod because I have a very good friend who is from normal Illinois. Uh, she does not listen to the podcast, but I'm trying to get her to listen to it. So I sent her the clip about Jake from State Farm and your bit about normal um, Illinois and Bloomington. However, she is incredibly offended that you called normal a suburb of Bloomington. It is its own city. They are side by side, I believe. Um, she will not listen to the podcast until this has been corrected. Uh, she is a research librarian, so she takes this incredibly seriously. If you could publicly put this on the record, that'd be amazing. Uh, women do belong in balloons. I'm pretty sure I called it. It. I said it looks like us. I'll play my clip. I'll roll the. I'll roll the tape. I think I, mean, I say that I that it it looks like it would be a suburb, but it is its own town. You didn't just like insult Illinois. It's called no, 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 Normal no. Illinois. It's a suburb of Bloomington. Bloomington is like the State Farm town, and Normal is like a. It's a town Stop. next to it. They're basically like so if you he... look at it on Google Maps, they look like the same town. But Normal is one of them. Bloomington is the other. What normal gossip needs to do is, I know their new season just premiered. They need a full season of just gossip from normal. Normal, <laughs> How about that? Illinois. I also think like we we need to go on a, a mini tour of places that we've mentioned on this podcast that like uh, like Greensboro, South Carolina, and Normal, Illinois. You know, just places mm -hmm. that we all we talk about that we're like, I don't know. We have to. <laughs> we should have to go there and <laughs> do a show. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. That would be really fun, actually. <laughs> We got to go back to Phoenix. <laughs> we got to go back to Phoenix. Still gets canceled. It gets canceled regardless. Next call. Next call. Anyway, normal Illinois. Real place and its own city. Hi, Bobby, Lindsay, and Timmy. I uh, just finished listening to today's episode, and I'm really absolutely gutted about Marin Morris. And I immediately texted a friend who's also a huge fan and she just got back to me like an hour later with a theory that Maren Morris recently was very publicly reading Bell Hooks All About Love. Um, and this alone wouldn't, I mean, perhaps that, that is enough to say this instigated um, reflection and decisions, but also Jody Turner-Smith very recently publicly read Bell Hooks All About Love, and she too is getting a divorce. Um, so our working theory is that even from the grave, Bell Hooks is um, not inspiring, instigating, is really causing uh, deep reflection and action in marriages. And if men can't evolve 
as quickly. Um, this, this is the result. Uh, so just something to consider. Um, crunch, crunch, promising young, promising young woman, woman. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> if you're a famous person and you're in a relationship and you're married and you read bell hooks, especially if you read all about love, start the clock. <laughs> start the clock. Relationships are treated like Dixie cups. They are the same. They are disposable. If it does not work, drop it. Throw it away. Get another. Committed bonds, including marriage, cannot last when this is the prevailing logic. Most of us are unclear about what to do to protect and strengthen caring bonds when our self-centered needs are not being met. That's from All About Love. (laughs) Good book. (laughs) The girlies are living, learning, studying, reading something. I don't know. I mean, sure. Okay. It is... Reading bell hooks is a good idea, whether or not you're divorcing your husband. Sure, but <laughs> there know? is something very um, caring around the book in photos is to me very funny, pointed yes. because that's like, really that makes me think of like Grimes after the Elon Musk divorce, reading Karl Marx like like oh, it makes with me the think book. of <laughs> it makes me think of Kelly Ripa fighting uh, yes. Uh, at what, carrying like David and Goliath around outside yes! of the house, you know. Yes. We know that Maren Morris is reading Bell Hooks because she told the LA Times that she was reading it in that interview. That was about like how she's quote unquote leaving country music. She references reading a lot of like stuff and like all the things that she's reading to like find joy. And one mm-hmm. of those ways is reading Bell Hooks. That was just mm-hmm. written. Jody Turner Smith walked around with with the book in her hand and was photographed by the paparazzi. I think it's more pointed and fun for our purposes to yes. walk around with the book in your hand. I'm yes. not like girlies are allowed to read and say books that they like to read, but if you're walking around holding a book and getting photographed, that's funny to me. That's fu- that's that's hilarious. Oh yeah, and that's a popular book with a kind of simple iconic cover. So that's a book you can sort of like clock from a mile away too. Millie Bobby Brown reveals to Glamour that she credits her feminist awakening to a visit to a psychic who informed her that she was, in fact, a feminist. So do with that what you will. What a disappointment that you pointedly said, I didn't read the Glamour feature because you missed, and I missed because I didn't read it either, so many beautiful moments of Millie Bobby Brown. When I first saw the tweet from, I think, Pop Crave or maybe Pop Base that says Millie Bobby Brown credits her feminist awakening to a visit to a psychic who informed her that she was, in fact, a feminist, I thought it was paraphrasing something, but that is the direct quote from the Glamour piece. (laughs) Brown went home and Googled, quote, how do I know if I'm a feminist? After reading articles and books, she really grasped the idea of feminism and what it means to be me, she says. Ultimately, it's about opportunity. She's looking forward to opportunities to cast other women to give chances to performers who might otherwise be overlooked. Women. Which wave is this? I mean, I guess the psychic didn't tell her which wave of feminism she's involved in, but like maybe that's okay. Because we're talking very basic and that's fine. Sometimes you got to start from the, maybe she should read a book. (laughs) Maybe, has she heard of bell hooks? (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Maybe a book will help. Are we in fourth or fifth? Who cares where we are? It's It's a personal journey. I'm just saying the psychic didn't tell her which wave she should commit to or whatever. That's okay. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. Again, I'm not I'm not here to criticize Millie Bobby Brown's feminism that she got from a fucking psychic. Like rock rock on. <laughs> rock on. <laughs> okay, can we move on, please? Hi Lindsay Bobby. Um third time calling about Ashton Harris and Sylvia Bush. 
Uh, third time's the charm. Um, I just want to call in because I'm a big women's soccer fan and want to be able to provide context of who Ashton Hiss is. Um, she's a former goalkeeper for the national team, um, but she's probably most significant because of her relationship with her teammate, Allie Krieger. They first met in 2010 as teammates, and I believe they started dating not long after that, um, though they weren't public about it. But, of course, fans figured out um, that they were together, um, and this relationship launched like a million Tumblr pages. Fans gave them the couple named Crashlin. Um, it was just kind of groundbreaking for the community. Um, there have been a lot of Woso couples and teammate couples uh, who followed them and probably predated them that we didn't know about, uh, but they were like kind of the blueprint. Um, in 2019, they got married. They adopted two kids. Um, and like two years ago, they moved to New York to play for Gotham FC. Um, Ashlyn only played for one season and then retired. Allie's currently still playing, but this is her last season. Um, and, you know, everything seemed normal between them until June or July when they stopped posting about each other on Instagram. Um, and there have been a lot of subtle hints since then that maybe something was wrong. And then they took Proud Wife out of both of their bios, which really signaled that it was over, um, which was honestly shocking because they were, you know, a core relationship in Woso for so long. Um, and then last week, when it was reported by people that Ashlyn had filed for divorce, almost unanimously, the Woso stands, like, took the side of Allie. Um, number one, because people did kind of suspect that maybe Ashlyn had cheated. They didn't know who with. Um, and number two, the news team, like, just days before Allie was scheduled to play her farewell match um, for her last regular season home game with Gotham, um, and it seemed kind of intentional timing uh, for Ashlyn to be, you know, putting out there in, like, a spiteful way, maybe. Um, and one of Allie's teammates actually liked a bunch of tweets calling Ashlyn trash, so that seemed to corroborate things for fans. Um, and then a couple of days ago, I started seeing people connect Sophia Bush to Ashlyn because um, they had been at so many events together. Sophia is also a part owner of the L.A. Uh, women's soccer team, Angel City. And she's friends with Megan Rapino, who is also very close with Ashlyn and Allie. Um, so this whole thing seems like pretty messy and pretty unfortunate because there's kids involved. But I wanted to provide the context because Allie and Ashlyn for so long were such a big couple in the community. Um, so there you have it. Crunch, crunch. Women don't belong in balloons. Wait, their whole family is just hot gay people? <laughs> I just found out that Allie Krieger's brother is Kyle Krieger. And Lindsay was like, who's Kyle Krieger? I was like, famous hairstylist, like gay YouTuber. And she Googles him and it instantly goes, fuck. <laughs> Wait, I just, it's just funny that you made it about, you made it, you pulled it back from like lesbian soccer players into your culture, like in the matter of like a freaking second. Well, <laughs> you were like, you were like, Okay, but something. Like, how do I get involved here? <laughs> I love this call. There were so many calls, but this is, I think, my favorite call. It had so much context. You can tell the caller like plotted it out perfectly. It's just, it's just like a hair under three minutes when it cuts. Well, it was her third call. <laughs> it was her third call. An amazing call. True, because I don't really know a ton of this, but like I've been loving seeing the kind of responses and the you know, and and we knew. Sophia Bush was kind of a messy girly and we've known mm -hmm. for like a while I mean she her divorce came out of 
nowhere. Her divorce was random. And so was the guy she married, honestly. Totally random. I think he just came out yesterday and was like, I support her. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, who are you again? His name's Grant. I His name remember. is Grant Hughes. He said it's a rep for Hughes, but still, it's it's explicitly a rep for Hughes. Told page six, Grant will always want the best for Sophia and is supportive of all that makes her happy and fulfilled. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I want to be very clear. This was in our Tuesday episode, but it was really, really, it felt like, it felt. Lindsay cut it because it was rumory. It felt possible, but it felt a little too rumory and we didn't have much to add and it wasn't very funny or interesting. And so I cut it and I was like, in my mind, I was like, when this is proven to be real, like in a few days or something like that or in a week or so, I'm going to be mad that I cut this because it felt exciting and we were breaking some, we weren't breaking anything but to people who no. weren't in the know maybe we were telling them something they didn't know the other reason that i wanted to include it was because one of our mutual friends saw them together at an airport and <laughs> then it was kind of like question mark question mark question mark well when she told us that she saw sophia bush and ashland together in an airport let's be honest it didn't really mean anything to us it, it like <laughs> It meant something to her, though. There's a community of specifically queer women, but also if you like sport people, like queer women who are into sports. Like if you're in the middle of that. Yeah, if you Woso fans, which I just realized stands for women's soccer, love that. Yes, Woso. that community and like the slightly broader version of that community. These are their gods. Has been following this for so long and so closely, and they were have always suspected. I mean, I'm speaking for them. Sorry. <laughs> They've always suspected that not only, well, for the few months that Ashlyn and Allie were on the rocks, they've long suspected that Sophia Bush may prefer the company of women. But also, I'm sorry, when does that community, the Woso community, give a shit about Sophia Bush? I think that's just when she's, because she's been hanging out with them for so, 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 mm -hmm. so long. She, but like, it is funny because Sophia Bush has not really given any other kind of reasons why she would like you can yeah. hang out with lesbians and not be one and i guess the thing is is like that's what is interesting you can hang out with lesbians and not be one <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what, what i'm saying that's what i'm saying she's like friends with these women but doesn't have to like i'm kidding oh i'm like what do you mean also she doesn't play anymore and Allie Krieger still plays, I guess. Yeah, and I guess Allie Krieger is about to stop playing. This is bad for women's soccer. This sucks because this is like exciting and maybe people would go watch them play because they're like in tabloids. And now it's like, well, they're both not going to be playing anymore. The timeline here is actually sort of interesting, especially when you get into the past six months. So yes, Allie and Ashlyn had been together for probably over a decade because it's a little unclear when they actually started dating. We know they met in 2010 and that the rumor is that they probably started dating not long after that, but obviously they didn't go public for a while. So we can focus on what we do know, which is like the past six months, because again, they got married in 2019. They adopted two kids. In June, Allie Krieger posted a photo of a selfie of her and their two children who are babies um, and said, well, I haven't sat down much. But these two, meaning the babies, are everything. And we've had the best week together laughing, snuggling, and puzzling. Can't wait for Mama to get home. So where Mama was on June 22nd when she posted this was in France at the Cannes Lion International Advertising Festival. They were on a panel together about branding. And according to onlookers, they were getting cozy together. And then they went and saw a comedy show in September. 
They went on a double date with Stacey London and her mm-hmm. girlfriend. After seeing the Chelsea Handler show. At Beacon, yes. Beacon Theater. The way that this came out, I mean, the filing for divorce happened on October 11th. That was only a few days ago. And mm-hmm. then the they went on a first date. Sophia Bush dating recently divorced uh, soccer star Ashlyn Harris was in TMZ on the 17th. What I also found kind of funny is that Sophia split up with her husband, or it was announced publicly on August 4th. They got married in June of 2022. Do you remember their wedding, how it was like very much like it was in Tulsa? So it was like their whole thing was like being like hyper aware of like Tulsa history and like Black Wall Street and like the the Tulsa bombings, etc. And now looking back, like, yeah, they got married. But doesn't that feel like more of like a press release than a marriage at this point? Yeah, more of a history lesson for like <laughs> ignorant white people yeah. than it was as an actual wedding. Right. It's now looking back, it's like, what is what was this? What was this wedding? What was the purpose? Yeah. It didn't mean anything to you. I mean, it meant something to you, but it didn't. It didn't have anything to do with your history as a couple or your. It, it had to do with like forward facing kind of politics almost at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was like it was like the best thing this marriage ever did was teach like. Vogue readers who didn't know anything about Tulsa, Oklahoma, that, about the history right, of Tulsa, exactly. Oklahoma, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. Ooh. So I always forget that that was the wedding where that happened because it's like so interesting. They got married in June and one year later on their anniversary, this is a stupid comment, she posted like 365 days with this guy, like so in love with you still, blah, blah, blah. That was like simultaneous to meeting Ashlyn at Cannes. You're saying they met for the first time at Cannes? It seemed like they met at Cannes, but when you look back at old Instagrams and comments known each and other. posts by like lesbians who take screenshots. <laughs> um, lesbians who take screenshots. Are they unionized? The lesbians that take screenshots? I hope so. I hope so. They should be. I'm not going to pretend like I know the entire history of these three's relationship, but I do feel like Sophia Bush has been part of these women's lives for lives, a significant yes. amount of time. As Because she's 139 weeks ago, per this, this lesbian taken screenshot, because I need to give credit where credit's due, mm-hmm. this screenshot definitely came from a lesbian taking a screenshot. This was 139 weeks ago she posted like, <laughs> Oh, Ash, Allie, this is everything. What a lucky lady she is. To have you two be her mamas. Love, love, love to little Sloan. That must be the adoption announcement. Right. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's making me a little sad. Because when there are kids involved, it's kind of like, that's sad that they're breaking up. And then Sophia Bush, I guess when they got married, Ashlyn and Allie, Sophia Bush posted a photo, presumably from the wedding, but maybe at a different time. They're both on white. But it's Sophia clutching Ashlyn's arm. And the caption is, congrats to the babes, Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger. Have the best day. Wait, that's Sophia Bush in that photo? Isn't no. that Sophia Bush and Ashlyn? Uh-uh. Oh, that's no, Allie. Allie. Oh, that's Allie. Oh, Allie that's looks like Allie Sophia Bush. Ashlyn. I mean, She's just a brunette. That, I mean, they're brunette. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, they're just both I can't brunettes. Tell. I can't tell brunette She definitely apart, posted a photo of, from, of them at their wedding. They're both wearing white. You're like... She posted a picture of herself. <laughs> I literally thought that was Sophia Bush until you said that. That would be the most like rude shit ever. Also, why would she be in like a wedding photo with? <laughs> I was like, oh, it's just she's a guest at the wedding. Anyways, if this gets you at all excited about Woso, again, I'm lo- loving what the use of Woso, then that's fantastic. And you should get involved. Go see some games. 
it's sad, but it's interesting. And at some point, they're going to go on Glennon Doyle's podcast and explain all of this. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope so. That would be a fun place for them to go. They're going to go on Glennon's podcast. Or the Red Table, which apparently is coming back. Coming back next year. If there's any place you want to go to obscure the truth between you getting together <laughs> in a shady way, it should be the Red Table. I have to future Bobby really quick. This is future Bobby. Lindsay's not here. I'm editing. Shout out to our queer Woso friend who texted this to us, who's very invested in this entire narrative. It's a photo of <laughs> Allie kicking a soccer ball with the caption, preparing for playoffs while in my Beyonce lemonade era. So I think that literally says everything you need to know. Literally everything. Everything. Okay, next call. I want to be famous. It was like 70-something degrees a couple days ago. It's time to put our winter weather to bed, or in my Pull case, under the bed. your linens, sweeties. The lin- it's, time- it's linen season, honey. Oh, oh, all I want is linen all the time. I just want to be draped in linen for my entire life. Not only am I pulling out my linen tops, my linen bottoms, my linen dresses, I'm putting on my linen sheets. I'm putting on my linen pillowcases. I'm just like, everything is linen because the weather's getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts, tees, and linen. I know. I should probably buy some linen shorts from Quince. I have a Quince cotton duvet cover that I really like. Ooh. And it's warm. Ooh. It's it's warm in the cold months and it's cool in the warm months, which is sort of where I want my bedding to be, somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle. You and know? you can get premium European linen from blouses, shorts, dresses from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And you get it for a good price because Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, they cut out the cost of the middlemen and pass the savings on to you. I hate middlemen. I and hate Quince middlemen. only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. We love it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash who for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash who to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash who. Back in the 90s, Pepsi and Coca-Cola were in a heated race to try and win loyal customers by any means necessary. But when Pepsi launched an ambitious promotion that encouraged people to buy Pepsi and redeem points for prizes, they overlooked their own fine print in a major way. I'm Misha Brown, and I'm the host of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop. Every week, guests join me to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time. Like, who at Pepsi thought it would be a good idea to advertise that people could earn enough points to redeem a military jet as a prize. They never imagined somebody might actually try to snag it. But a 23-year-old did, and suddenly... Pepsi owed him a jet. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Big Flop early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I was in Florida this past weekend and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not crops. Yeah. But it'll just oh. be like a cropped 
iPhone photo that's Instagram. on the Aura frame. Exactly, with it. comments and everything. It'll just be on. <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes, so it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the Aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No, but do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about Aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm-hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. Aura app and, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting you gotta be careful. Ad photos. You got to be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it, but you should do it. You got to be a little bit careful. But <laughs> Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. How much of this same? Hi, BLT. Long time, long time. Who is Loive? I read that she is Jazz's Taylor Swift, or she's the Gen Z Taylor Swift, the Icelandic Chinese Taylor Swift. Her her world tour sold out in minutes. I've never heard of this girl. Who is Loive? Showing Hall. With new singers that we talked about last week, I definitely heard of them. They've they'd come across my like Spotify feed, my Twitter feed. Noah Kanan, who is from what was it? He is from Vermont, not New Hampshire. I'd heard of him. I'd heard his Casey song. I'd heard of Zach Bryan. I'd heard of Sexy Red. All these people had like somehow found their way on my feeds. I'd never heard of this person who is Leve. By the way, it's not Loive. It's Leve, which is okay. It's Icelandic. Sometimes it can be you're it's you're learning to pronounce different languages but yeah it's the norse name of loki's mother who i guess you don't really hear about much you hear about loki all the time loki's everywhere never hear about loki's mother who is leve okay as the caller said her world tour is sold out which i was like well does that mean everything's sold out everything's sold out i went to her website and literally the entire tour is sold out i thought the caller was exaggerating or something cool i'd never heard of this person at all and then i listened and i was like oh it's giving lady gaga piano and jazz (laughs) i mean she's a jazz singer it's a different genre (laughs) like why would you have heard of her she's not like coming across your pop music listening feeds or whatever i listened to her earlier stuff which is because she's so young and she graduated from berkeley school of music shout out boston in 2021 so there's actually not that much to pull from but i listened to 2021 music versus 2023 music and it goes from like lo-fi meets jazz step by step Full on, I love Ella Fitzgerald jazz in the most recent stuff. And it is true that you don't really hear this stuff coming from people in her generation, but I wouldn't call her the Taylor Swift of jazz because I feel like... There's no Taylor Swift of anything. It's just Taylor Swift. It's like there's no Taylor Swift of anything. There's no Beyonce of anything. 
I also think there is a broader audience for jazz music in terms of just standards and stuff that is like very uh, WNYC, PBS, very, very like uh, I'm going to see jazz. Like I don't mm-hmm. really as a genre, like I'll see anyone. I want to see a, an array of talent like it's less like pointed in terms of who mm-hmm. the person is but also like she's interesting she's Icelandic she was on Icelandic's got Iceland's got talent she <laughs> was on the voice the Iceland like the only thing that's interesting to me it's like where does she land within like the Iceland's most famous people list which always cracks me up as to like who is on that list because it's like Bjork and Bjork <laughs> it's like Bjork and Sigaros and Jonesy and who else? Leif Erikson. <laughs> oh, he like the historical figure. Leif Erikson, yeah, 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 totally. And the guy from the Eurovision song that went viral. And then of course there's Hildur Gonadotter, who is the composer. Of course, of course, of course. To be fair, Iceland is a small country. You know, we're not asking for we're asking for a, a smattering of notables. So wait, Leve is Chinese Icelandic who went to music school in Boston. Because Berkeley is very famous. And I thought it was funny that I was listening to her very first song that came out. And it mentions Boston. It mentions the Back Bay. And I was like, it's funny that your first song released as a Chinese Icelandic singer is about Boston. There's something sort of funny about that, isn't there? I mean, sure. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of singers have had similar experiences because Berkeley is in Boston. Berkeley is very famous. to be one of the most famous music schools. Everyone's calling in about her now because her new album's out. She got a profile in Vogue. She got a profile in Washington Post. She got a profile in other music publications. So I think that's probably why people are seeing her everywhere, which means that the media tour is working. I just feel like when we talk about music that we don't know about, then I'm kind of like, we just sound like old and like out of touch or whatever sometimes when there's no like juicy narrative, which is fine. There doesn't need to be a juicy narrative. She can just be a good jazz singer. Like there, there doesn't need to be anything there, but sometimes it's just like, leave it to Popcast and Billboard or whatever to expose you to the to new music. Like I'm not going to mm-hmm. be a very good person to do that. I'm out here listening to the same freaking you know Lady Gaga album from 2005. I mean I'm I not, know. but like I'm just saying like that's I don't feel kind of qualified enough to be like listen to this like iconic Icelandic jazz singer. I'm not telling anyone to listen to her, but I am saying that. <laughs> I don't think that that's what our job is to do music criticism. But it's like, who is this person? Why is this? Why is this person notable? But when there's no when there's no story there, it is kind of just comes off as to like, who's here's just like a new music person who's from Iceland and has like who sold out her tour or whatever. That's what I'm saying. It's like I just don't know what makes it beyond that. Well, you do have the very it's already it already feels like tale as old as time now story where it's like, how did she get famous on TikTok? And the other funny thing about her TikTok career is that she has an identical twin sister whose name is Junia. And Junia has her own successful TikTok where she, in part, makes jokes about being the identical twin of Leve. God, it's so bleak to be the identical twin of like a famous singer. And then you're like on yeah. tour with your sister because it's fun and everyone thinks you're your sister. And you're like, no, I'm the not talented one or whatever. Well, less famous. She did the creative direction for her albums and plays violin on some of the songs. Okay, I stand by what I said. But I was looking through other famous people with identical twins because I feel like that must be so much stranger than fraternal. Because it's always like, oh, Scarlett Johansson has a twin. And it's like, 
some guy named Bill or whatever. The identical twins are more interesting. Yeah, but a lot of people with identical twins who are famous, they're both famous. Because like if you think about like Tia Tamara and like Dylan and Cole Sprouse or whatever, like mm-hmm. all both of them had like a moment. Maybe with some other one, like you put in here, Jeremy and Jason London, like they had varying moments of celebrity, but a yeah. lot of them are like they both are famous. Jill, like, you know. Yeah. Jeremy and Jason London are, I mean, in addition to being a little bit dark, the two of them, it's very weird that they got famous around the same time playing kind of the exact same kinds of roles. <laughs> They're twins. If one wasn't available, you could ask the other. But it's like Tia and Tamara and Dylan and Cole, the gag of them being twins was always the thing. Like, they were twins first who were sharing the screen as twins. Jeremy, Jason, London were just like on the come up at the same time, never playing like Jeremy and Jason as buds. But also if you think about it in the in the Mary-Kate and Ashley of it all, the reason why they use twins in the beginning is to switch out babies for child child welfare laws. And famously, they're fraternal. Sure, but they might as well be, in terms of babies, they might as well be identical. <laughs> yeah. Right, like whatever. My point is, is that like a lot of these twins got their starts young because they were put in show business to avoid child labor laws so that they could mm-hmm. film for longer by switching out the child or whatever. Yeah. So then they were in the business and then they continued to be famous therefore remaining still twins and then being like well what do we do we're still identical twins we both have to work let's like be in a show about identical twins the mm-hmm. tia tamara the you know whatever the mary kate and yeah. ashley of it all you know what twins when i was looking at other famous identical twins i found out something very strange which i've never known before both stars of napoleon dynamite are identical twins wait really napoleon dynamite and pedro are both <laughs> identical twins john That's and cool. dan header and Efren and Carlos Ramirez. Very funny. That's very strange. It's very strange. This feels like one of those Us Weekly articles that's like, celebrities you didn't know had a twin. <laughs> so that's what we sound like right now. <laughs> anyway, Lady Gaga Jazz on Piano's Impact. Congrats to Leve. Lady Gaga said, Jazz is back. <laughs> <laughs> and Gen Z said, we don't care. But then Leve said, Jazz is back. And Gen Z said, we care. <laughs> I know. Lady Gaga's like, I'm staying in Vegas. Here they appreciate my jazz and piano. And it's like, all right, bye. But I will say the difference between Lady Gaga's jazz and piano, we're joking, but the difference between Loewe and Lady Gaga's jazz and piano is a huge gulf. Gaga's out here being like, hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. She's like the frog with the cane. And Loewe is singing like modern, new, interesting, innovative takes on jazz that is supposed to be for like yeah. a younger generation. Like Gaga's mm-hmm. being like shooby dooby, you know? <laughs> hello, my baby. Right? Am I wrong? Although Leve, Leve would slay if Leve did hello, my baby. Hello, my Sure, honey. but she's not doing that. Do you think that Loewe considers Lady Gaga the Tony Bennett? It's just Leve. Leve's not the fashion brand. She's I'm just sorry. Leve. I'm sorry. Do you think Leve considers Lady Gaga her Tony Bennett to Lady Gaga's Tony Bennett? Oh, my God. That's a crazy question. Like, is she going to be on stage with Lady Gaga in 50 years being like, Granny, sing me the, sing me your favorite tune. And Gaga will, like, she, spit she, out, she, like. But it's Leve. It's Leve <laughs> and it's Lady Leve Gaga. And Gaga. Yeah. They just roll her out in like 2080 and she's like, She'll when s- all the world is a home. <laughs> I hope so because guess who will be there? Me. I'll be the same age because we're the same age and I will be there in the audience like with my little walker watching my 400th performance of Lady Gaga Jazz and Piano. God, we're going to be the old Tony Bennett fans at Jazz and Piano. Yeah. 
I know. And it's going to be Gaga's our Tony. And we're going to be like, Gaga. Although Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga are like 60 years apart. Levy and Lady Gaga are only like 15 years apart. I know. But still, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to connect it to my own interests at this point. Uh, sure, Grandma. I saw her play with Tony Bennett. Okay. 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 Wow. Your favorite call of the week coming up. Who is Nate Bargatze? He has just been announced as the next host for SNL, and I have truly, truly never heard of this man ever once in my life. Who is he? Crunch, crunch. Nate Bargatze. Well, that's how you're supposed to say it, but he says Bargatze. There's yeah, a I whole just, bit about it. I watched his bit about it on yeah. Woody and Wilcox. Oh, wait, you're, oh, you were starting? <laughs> you're not going to play yeah, a call? Yeah, we're starting. Okay. No, fine, I played the call. You didn't hear it? No. Oh, it was playing. I oh, it, was it didn't silent. have my my screens shared. Like, this is our new Sebastian Maniscola. That's, I feel like that's what this, that's what this is. There's a comedy king who's like making bank all over the country and we've never heard of him until he appeared on SNL or something. Yeah, or like until I saw like a big bus in Boston with his name on it. And I was like, who the fuck is this? Which happened <laughs> to us. Remember? Yeah, it's a big bus with Bert, with Bert, what's his name? Bert Creek, not Krieger, I'm thinking about Bert Comedian. I think it was Bert Kreischer. Bert Kreischer. Remember, we were like, they were like, it's the machine. And we were like, what? (laughs) We were like, who the fuck is this? And then it was like, he's a huge comedian. He's a huge comedian. And it just speaks to like wanting to go see a comedy show. And like, these are the people who are doing the big tours where you go see like big stand up comedy and like whatever. What I love about Nate is he became a thing after a Netflix special, which really only speaks to the power of Netflix. Do you know what I mean? Like that is, it's like you're saying, oh, this girlie got viral on TikTok and then she got a record deal. It's like this guy had a special on Netflix and Netflix's algorithm pumped that shit out to everyone and that's how he became this big. Mm -hmm. Right? It's, It's weird, but it's simple. It's just the power of Netflix being like the only source of like monoculture vaguely that we have is how... Nate Bargatze made his way to Saturday Night Live, right? I mean, he'd released successful stand-up albums in the past, but yeah, it was the Netflix effect. And also you said, so SNL is not a SAG show. Why are they having a comedian that is not a household name or even close to being one on SNL? Is it because no actors want to promote their work right now because of SAG? I think that's what it is. So SNL has always been a promotional device. SAG has a story about it on their website that clears it up very easily. It says, SAG after members appearing on Saturday Night Live, either as hosts, guests, or cast members, are working under the network code agreement, which is not the contract we, as in SAG, are striking. They're not in violation of SAG after rules. The program is a SAG after non-dramatic production under a separate agreement that is not subject to the union strike order. But the wrinkle in this is that actors who are in SAG and have SAG projects that are coming out would typically go on there to promote them. So they're not going to go on. Like- and also, you're not going to waste your SNL thing because it's not like actors are going on SNL multiple times a year. Right. They're going on once, maybe even in a lifetime career. They maybe have only been on SNL once. Like they're not going to waste their SNL invite to promote nothing they're going to wait until they're able to do what they want to do, which is therefore why you're getting a lot of musicians, you're getting Bad Bunny, you're getting... uh... Other comedians. The other thing about this is that, like, what movies are coming out this weekend? It's like, okay, Killers of the Flower Moon, coming out this weekend. 
Lily Gladstone and Leonardo DiCaprio, I think, would be number one choices to host Saturday Night Live this weekend. They're not going to do that because they're promoting, even though Saturday Night Live is not a SAG show, they can't promote their SAG movie in this way unless they get a waiver, which I don't think they would do. You know who should have done it? Sandra Huller? No, uh, Scorsese should have done it. It would have been hilarious. Yeah, that would have been fun. He's funny. He's been doing a lot. And and you'll notice Scorsese has been doing so much fucking promo for this movie because he's the director. Yeah, he's doing a ton of TikTok front-facing camera comedy with his daughter Francesca. And I think he's hilarious and he would have been good on SNL. Open your mind, you know? Did you see Miles interviewed him for Wall Street Journal? Yeah. I'm just saying he's out here picking up the slack for his actors who were unable to do it, which is a little interesting. But, you know, DGA got their deal so i guess he is not yeah. doing anything wrong you know it's very it's very interesting i'll tell you you know who's probably thrilled he doesn't have to do anything leonardo, leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. like he's like keep me out of this even though he i know he wants to support the movie but i think he's like we're i'm good you know mm-hmm. jesse plemons probably wished he could have done something for this but unfortunately <laughs> cannot Lily gladstone hosting snl would have been very fun that seems like it could have been a possibility had this drag not been happening she will. She will. If she wants to, she will. So, Nate Bargatze. This all is a way too much context to explain why the fuck Nate Bargatze is hosting Saturday Bargetzi is hosting Saturday Night Live with the Foo Fighters this weekend. Lindsay had never heard of him either and then watched his comedy and was like, I stan. <laughs> well, okay. Excuse me. I didn't say that. I was like, I get it. He's funny. He's inoffensive. And not in a way where it's like he's inoffensive in a obstinate way he's inoffensive in a kind of natural with ease way right like this is like this is comedy for people who are not dealing with politics they don't want any sort of topical humor it's very much my wife my kid Mm-hmm. The airplane. It's very vintage throwback Seinfeldian humor where no one's being offended and the comedian is the one kind of putting himself in the place of being like the dumb person. What's the deal with cereal? Sure. And like there is a place for that. It is kind of objectively funny. I don't know. Like, did you watch a little bit of this? I'm not like dying for this guy. Marriage fights are great because they're all very dumb. I would say 90% of them are dumb. 10% the cops show up. But we got in a fight uh, once over chocolate milk. We didn't talk for 24 hours. What happened is I brought chocolate milk home and she was like, why did you bring it home? And I was like, you're supposed to drink it after you work out. And she was like, that's not true. And I was like, well, there's a commercial on TV that probably looked into it more than you did. So I decided to listen to them. But I do feel like all of the comments, and these are kind of pointed, which I don't love because the audience's comments are like, finally, a comedian who can be funny without saying bad words. (laughs) Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I watched part of a clip of um, him on his Amazon special because now Amazon is getting into the comedy special game. And I was like, okay. I mean, he's, I mean, this sincerely, when you go to his website and you just look at photos of him and the way that he's branded and the way that he's styled, his haircut, his closely trimmed stubble, like you get, you know exactly what you're getting into. Like there is not a hint of edge on this guy. The Atlantic had a good profile on him that basically just said it. And actually there was a review of one of his specials in Vulture that I read that kind of said it too, where it's just like, he's the nice guy. He is 
all he's constantly worried about alienating his audience or hurting someone's feelings. He had a moment where he did this kind of mean comedy and he hated it. He, you know, whatever. And he he never talks about politics. He goes nowhere near race or identity issues. He maneuvers so gingerly around other subjects, religion, gender roles. I do, will say he loves to talk about his wife, but only in a way where it's like, my wife's the boss, which I think is such a funny <laughs> thing. Like, She's the boss of the house. And it's like, okay. <laughs> the audience is like, it's so true. I <laughs> the mean, wife is the boss. I don't know. Listen to this, though. This is funny. But if there's one subject that gets Bargatze worked up, it's coastal condescension. <laughs> the time I spent with him, he kept flashing irritation with how places like his hometown are portrayed in popular culture. He's from Tennessee. I do hate the way people in New York and L.A. talk about the South. We're all a bunch of rednecks running around screaming the N-word, he said. Interesting that the only thing that gets this guy worked up is coastal condescension. That's funny. the only thing. That's the the only only thing he's mad about is that New York and L.A. people are are mean to him. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's going to be part of the monologue. Because part of the monologue is going to have to be, in a way, him introducing like him being kind of random is definitely going to be part of the joke. No, it's going to be like, you're wondering who I am. I'm I'm the nice comedian. Yeah, whatever. I like this because you found, you saw his, would you go to his Wikipedia and you saw that his father had blue link? Oh, Timmy did. No, Timmy did. On his Wikipedia, it says parents, Stephen Bargetze, and it's blue. Parent with the blue name, sung to the tune of devil with the blue dress. Click him. He's a famous fucking He's magician. magician. <laughs> He's opening. He opens for his son. Isn't that cute? He opens for his son and then he does comedy about his dad. That's like, my dad's a clown. Ever get yelled at by a clown? Like it is. It, it's not. That's funny. It's funny. Like, I don't know. He, he He's able to turn an inoffensive everyday story like Bobby waiting in line for a Java into like an entire joke. I can't tell a story about me waiting in line with Java without using the F word, though. <laughs> Which one? And I mean both of them, honey. <laughs> I mean both of them. But, like, whatever. I'm not going to get – I don't think that this guy, aside from that little comment about how he hates people in New York and L.A. – just kidding, LOL, but does he? I'm not going to get into, like – I don't think it's very dark-sided that this guy, like, does this type of comedy. But it is interesting that we have to frame it this way because we yeah. cannot – like – What's his deal? It's like, well, he just like doesn't swear <laughs> or whatever. Who's the like dipshit who's also famous? The last time we talked about a comedian who was selling out everywhere and we're like, who are we talking about? Steven Maniscalco? Is that what you're talking about? No, he's Sebastian Maniscalco is just seems sort of like. What did I just call him? <laughs> I just called him Steven Manis. I don't know what you called him. <laughs> not even getting it close to I'm talking Maniscalco. Maniscalco, I said it wrong too. But no, not yeah. Sebastian Maniscalco who was in that movie with Kim Cattrall and Robert De Niro. The, the, sorry, the sorry, douchebag, the douchebag who everyone was like, he's the new Dane Cook. Like, bad boy comedy is back. Oh, like, Mike. Uh, yeah, like, no, he. Like, ugh, what's his name? Right. He's like hot and he's got, and he's, he's like, like, I'm on TikTok Matt. and I dated Kate Beckinsale or whatever. What the fuck is his name? Um, Matt Reif. Matt Reif. Like, you look at that guy and you say, we're going to have a problem here. You know, like. And that's what I mean, he leans that guy's into. got Squidward face. Like, he's different. <laughs> Handsome Squidward. But this, it's funny that we have this counter-programming to that sort of thing, where it's sort of like... Sure. People, people were 
uh, but people were still with when it came to Matt Rife, there was that similar narrative where it was like, this kind of comic is back. Like cancel culture won't stop this kind of comedy. Yeah, and then meanwhile, yeah. this kind of comedian <laughs> is, Nate more is like, I'm sweetie, more famous, not I'm more famous, maybe, but I'm, more successful. And right. I don't offend anyone. And I don't even know which one is more successful, but they both are clearly successful. And I just think it's sure. funny that like we're acting like one of them won out. But it's like, no, there, there's plenty of space for both kinds of comedy. And that's okay. Sure. And right. we're going to be fine. But then you also think about other comics who have branded themselves as like nice guys in comedy, like mm, Jimmy Fallon. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, there definitely might be a dark side to this. Yes. <laughs> so, so watch out. So don't take it. Don't, don't take him at his at his word for being like, I'm just a I'm just a guy talking about co- coffee or whatever. My wife. He was my wife. He was part of Jimmy Fallon's clean cut comedy tour in 2013, too. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. clean cut comedy, clean cut comedy. Think about what that's advertised. You know what I mean? Like, think about who that's drawing in. Uh huh. I just want to see some clean gut comedy. It's drawing in Lindsay. It's drawing in Nancy Myers. <laughs> it's drawing in Nancy hey, Myers I... who commented on his Instagram, Nate, fantastic. This was about the SNL announcement. Sometimes you just want to see some clean cut comedy. Sometimes you just want to see a guy talk about how great his wife is. Okay, Bobby. Maybe that doesn't appeal to you. But some of us. No, it doesn't. Crave that. <laughs> I want to be famous. We're going to tell you about a new show called Jocular, hosted by ER Fightmaster, whom we've talked about on the podcast before, T.N. Tran and Katie Kershaw. They're comedians, they're writers, and they're also best friends who are obsessed with women's sports. Kind of like I'm becoming obsessed with women's sports. <laughs> you sort are. Of, kind you of. Are. A little you bit. Are. You are. They're exploring all things queer, trans, and women-focused in the world of sports, and in each episode, they'll cover the latest games, debate pressing issues, and review how they're all really horny for basically everyone in the game. This is every time I talk to someone who's a fan of women's sports, like a genuine fan of women's sports, not like a newbie like me, they're like, horny, 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 horny. I'm horny for all of them. I know. They're always crushing on people in the game. But that's why it's like we need a podcast that's not us to kind of tell us what we're supposed to care about, who we're supposed to care about, who's hot and who's sexy and who we're paying attention to. Yes, and that's what Jocular is for. Friends and experts will join to share their takes on sports ranging from women's basketball to soccer to power slapping. I don't even know what power slapping is, but I'm in. So tune in every Friday for new episodes of Jocular on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts now. You know, I've tried lots of things to get me to go to sleep in the past, you know, few years. Just a little bit of just a little bit of a push. You've got your melatonin, you got your various things, but I've found that of all the things, a little bit of CBD, a little bit of CB distillery, that's getting me goes a long way. getting me conked right out <laughs> and and sleeping through the night. It really is. I love CB distillery. They have not all their products are for sleep, some are for relaxation, but like I love the sleep ones. They say shh. Those gummies they sent us, I was in a chill vibe all day when I took two of those. They're good ass gummies. <laughs> They're good ass gummies. No, you were. You were like, you were like, I took CBD earlier today and I feel chill. I'm like not operating heavy machinery on those things. You know what I mean? I'm in a good place. Heavy machinery? <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> you said heavy machinery, which is good. I like that. I know what you meant. <laughs> 
CB distilleries targeted formulations are made from the highest quality, clean ingredients. They all caps the clean, which means you know it's clean. No fluff, no fillers, just effective CBD solutions designed to help support your health. In two non-clinical surveys, 81% of customers experienced more calm, 80% said CBD helped with pain after physical activity, and an impressive 90% said they slept better with CBD. And I'm among those 90%. So if you struggle with a health concern and haven't found relief, make the change like we did to CB Distillery. And with over 2 million customers and a solid 100% money-back guarantee, CB Distillery is the source to trust. Hooligans have a 20% discount to get you started. Visit cbdistillery.com and use code WHO, W-H-O, for 20% off. That's cbdistillery.com, code WHO, cbdistillery.com. Springtime vibes are in the air, and when I bring in some beautiful flowers that are blooming, I want to smell them, not the litter box. And I can, thanks to Pretty Litter. I'm going to correct this ad because I didn't bring any flowers in, but you know what I did cook yesterday? A big pot of beans. It smelled delicious in my apartment. It smelled like all the yummy stuff I was cooking, and it didn't smell like cat poo-poo or cat pee-pee because I used Pretty Litter. You're saying springtime vibes are in the air, and when I cook a big pot of beans, <laughs> I'd rather I want to smell beans. them, yes. not the litter box. I'd rather okay, smell beans great. than flour. I'm trying to personalize I don't think it. Pretty Litter would mind you correcting their intro with your own personal endorsement, which is yes. that you want to smell your beans. Yes. Delicious, fragrant beans with bay leaves and garlic and onion. This is all to say that nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, it's low-dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. So I know that when people come over to my apartment, they're going to be smelling whatever I'm cooking, whatever's in the air, you know, like whatever candle I lit. They're not going to smell what's in the litter box because it soaks it all up. Plus, the crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illness in my cat, like UTIs, kidney issues, and more. So when the colors change, you can tell your vet what happened so they know what to look for. And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to my door. I never run out. I don't have kitty litter bags taking up a lot of space in my little apartment. Go to prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash who. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How much of this same? Hello. Um... Bobby, Lindsay, Timmy, um, long time list, time listener, first time caller. Um, I wanted you guys to talk about Hallie Bailey and DDG. Um, she's rumored to be, or she's seemingly pregnant. And um, on April Fool's Day of 2023, DDG posted an ultrasound and it said, like, can't wait to be your father. Um, and everyone was kind of like, Oh my God, she'd never let you impregnate her. But lo and behold, she fully did and she's pregnant. And I think that that's incredibly funny. And he was playing the long game and he really like got everybody. Um, but yeah, please talk about it. I think it's really funny. Um, thank you and goodbye, Avia Tiongan. Okay. The caller. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is a, this is this. a touchy subject. I want to put that out there. Touchy, right? I mean, we are not in the business, aside from Dakota Johnson, who is still pregnant after 45 years. <laughs> Dakota Johnson's been pregnant since we thought she was pregnant. She's still pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> it's not It's not great to be like, somebody is pregnant if they have not themselves said that they are pregnant, especially somebody in the public eye, especially somebody who's relatively young, which I think Hallie Bailey mm-hmm. falls into that category. Mm-hmm. 
But the celebrity tabloid news cycle around this story has been absolutely brain dead and almost like psychotic. And also compared to also the kind of chatter on like X, Twitter, whatever you call it, and like other places that people are talking, it's like unbelievable because it's so it's it's gotten it's so affecting or something yeah people are trying to in the modern tell me something girl are you happy in this modern world in this modern world we're trying to be respectful of people especially women whose appearance changes specifically in the bump area and we (laughs) we cannot say we cannot call it a baby bump we cannot we're trying not to call it a baby bump we're trying not to say that a baby bump means pregnancy we're we're trying so hard (laughs) And the way that the press understands that but still pays for the photos and wants to publish them is making them and everyone else crazy because Halle Bailey isn't saying a single thing about being pregnant at all. So then you see photos of Halle Bailey looking physically different than maybe we saw her in The Little Mermaid and we get headlines like Halle Bailey, parentheses, baby, uh, out of parentheses, bumping in that bumping hoodie. In new picks, new picks fuel pregnancy buzz. TMZ can't even put baby bump in the same space together without separating it into parentheses. Halle Bailey fuels pregnancy rumors in baggy clothes as she steps out with boyfriend DDG. They don't even mention the bump, which is what the subtext is. They just say baggy clothes. Halle Bailey sets pregnancy rumors swirling among her fans on social media after she steps out in extra baggy hoodie with Bo DDG in Santa Monica. This one is doing one of our other favorite things, which is blaming it all on fan speculation, right? Like, I'm the writer here working for this outlet, but I'm just going to comment on what the tweeters I'm are saying, I'm just quoting right? Twitter. I'm just quoting what other <laughs> I'm not, people are saying. I'm not doing never anything. Say, I would never say that Halle Bailey seems pregnant because of what she's wearing or how she looks, but look at what the tweeters are saying. Baby on board? question mark Halle Bailey's recent pictures fuel pregnancy rumors yet again see we're not even saying baby bump Halle Bailey opts her poofy black mini dress at glamour women of the year awards amid pregnancy rumors which is also great it's just saying look at this photo of her did you know that some people think that she's pregnant I mean it's we're doing the same thing that they're doing which is like we're looking at the press of it all to kind of talk about it and frame it around the way that they're talking about it but also it's just very interesting how it's like Everyone is like, here's how we talk about this. Here's how we should talk about this. But we absolutely cannot avoid mentioning this because it's <laughs> everything that everybody is talking about amongst themselves. But mm-hmm. we as like press or whatever, we should be holding ourselves to some standard, but we absolutely cannot. But also just kind of like, you're not even doing any reporting anyways. You might as well just say it, you know? Exactly. And and clearly, even if people are reaching out to Halle Bailey's people for comment, they're not getting a response. No one is. I have to say, I do love that she is just continuing business as usual. Like, yeah. she's going to party. She's going to premiere. She's not skipping mm-hmm. anything. She's like, I'm here. I'm wearing a poofy dress. I don't give a fuck. Like, am mm-hmm. I obscuring a, a possible bump? Maybe. Am I not? I don't know. You'll never know because I'm not really addressing it. Like, mm-hmm. and I love Slay and that's great. And I just think it's really like, it's kind of the opposite from what maybe would have happened in, let's say, like the 40s, 50s and 60s where would be like, hide her away. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, like, Put her like away. she was never seen again. And it's like, she's like, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, whatever. It takes strength of character, I have to say, whatever is going on. It's a very... Very, very powerful move. Also, I will say if she wasn't pregnant, she would have denied it at this point. That's my only, that's my main, uh, looks aside, 
enough has been reported about and said mm-hmm. or kind of commented on that if this woman wasn't pregnant, she would say like, I'm not pregnant. Like, leave me alone. I think that's probably true. Sorry. That's my maybe, my maybe kind of taking it too far take about this. Sorry. What did she say? When when she won a God, what award did she win at the Glamour of the Year? Awards? The Glamour was, Woman um, of the Year. She won a she Woman won, of the Year. <laughs> she won Woman of the Year Gen Z Game Changer Award. Okay, so okay. <laughs> Gen Z Game Changer, and she posted photos of her in her poofy dress that everyone was like, "She's wearing a poofy dress." Oh my God, you guys, what a beautiful night! I'm so grateful that I was honored with the Glamour Woman of the Year Gen Z Game Changer Award. <laughs> <sighs> this is such a special honor to me and feels oh so amazing to be recognized for the work that I have put in all the years of my career. Being a young woman in the spotlight is definitely not for the weak, dot, dot, dot. But because of God, my loved ones and mentors, I am able to face the world every day with my head held high. Also, by mentors, she meets Beyonce. I'm so grateful for the, all the beautiful souls that continue to lift me up and guide me as I continue this blessing of a journey, which is my life. Thank you, God. So then that even got written up as sort of like, she dodges pregnancy questions by like talking about the Glamour of the Year Awards without mentioning bump. <laughs> I just love I just love watching people flail when they write about this because no everyone is trying so hard not to be disrespectful and in place of disrespect is just the funniest fucking copy <laughs> like it's just so funny. I mean it's just it's so disrespectful but also I think what we're kind of all in on the it's not a it's not joke but I more mean we're all in on the conversation that it's not about Halle Bailey and if anything it is about Halle Bailey and how beloved she is and how promising she is and how talented she is and how beautiful and amazing she is it's about how this guy who she's dating who <laughs> ostensibly would be the baby's father is kind of shitty and that's what I think is more of the conversation versus even is she pregnant or is she not pregnant it's okay to be pregnant you know people are are pregnant at many different ages but it's more just like the the conversations I'm seeing are like about the guy about mm-hmm. DDG who mm-hmm. has was like caught up saying weird shit about her in the past because the thing about the Bailey sisters is that they from the time they first kind of got famous they don't really comment on anything because I guess this was earlier this year when the rumor was that DDG and Hallie broke up. Remember their older sister like went on TikTok and made or Instagram stories and like made a video like shit talking DDG and being like, you will not disrespect my sister like that. And then she was like, oops, never mind. I'm going to delete this because clearly Chloe and Hallie's people were like, our mantra is we do not comment on this shit. And then Sky deleted it. So. I think that this is just an extension of what they always do. And yes, people are annoyed because everyone loves Halle Bailey and everyone thinks that DDG is irritating. So they don't want these two to be together. I mean, also, no one is going to be good enough for her in the yeah, eyes of the, exactly. of the public. That's true. When everyone loves you, no one is going to be good enough for you. Exactly. Right. Which is why okay. one of the old PR rules for such a long time was that when you're a up and coming like it star, you're single. Even if you're dating someone, you have to be publicly single so that everyone can imagine themselves like being with you or whatever. Everyone now, as the caller pointed out, is also pointing out a tweet that DDG posted in April on April Fool. Specifically, he posted a sonogram photo and then said, can't wait to be your dad, crying face, crying face, and then said April Fools. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, that Sorry, I think that's kind of funny. (laughs) I mean, the fact that he was like, can't wait First to be all, your the, dad. Well, also the timing doesn't match up because like she's not pregnant enough where April would make sense for her to have that sonogram photo anyway. So he was doing an April Fool's, but then he like did 
seemingly i hope he makes her laugh i don't know (laughs) he must i don't know i want to end on nick cannon because i think it's really funny that every single headline that i've read is bending over backwards to be respectful and nick cannon just fully says welcome to the baby daddy gang to ddg nick you've had enough babies to know a pregnant belly she's one thing i've learned you never tell a woman that she looks pregnant this is from a professional pregnant getter you get (laughs) women pregnant the term is impregnator from a professional impregnator (laughs) is she pregnant nick she looks like she got on some nice Sweats. Very she got a large few layers baggy. on. She has the glow. She has the glow. She look like she just, she might be, she just finished filming the color purple. Yes. The girl is pregnant. Ah. Shout out DDG. Welcome to the Baby Daddy Gang. Woo! Now he your name good. is BDDG. He said this on Daily Can in his daily morning show, which I cannot believe he does. How does he have time to do a three hour morning show every day? The busiest man in Hollywood. Yeah, he really is. Let's do some rapid fire calls. Hi, Who Weekly. Love the show. Uh, I had to call in because this celebrity podcast stuff has gotten really out of control because I just found out that Dua Lipa has a podcast. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just like, why? Why does... um, My question is, does Dua Lipa know who Mark Maron is? Showing whole. If you didn't know Dua Lipa had a podcast, uh, Lindsay and I did something wrong. I, I don't know how you. I don't <laughs> I mean, know how you didn't. How know are Dua you Lipa listening to podcast. this podcast? You didn't know Dua Lipa had a podcast. She's this podcast's favorite podcaster. Dua Lipa has the podcast. Okay. She has Timmy's favorite podcast. Timmy's not even barely checking into this one. He's busy <laughs> racking up his Dua Lipa hours. Timmy's favorite podcast is Dua Lipa colon at your service. Okay. <laughs> Dua Lipa, I gotta say, Dua Lipa wants nothing more than never to sing again. And for those reasons, I stand. She is on vacation. She's reading books. She's podcast. She's newsletter. What else? I mean, it's very... What else could she do? Launch a, a cookbook? What's next for her to avoid singing? I love pop stars who don't want to do pop music. Or any music at all. Selena plus Chef plus Dua. That's like season five. <laughs> it's like... it's That's... <laughs> She is she is the queen of parlaying pop stardom into literally anything else. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Does she know who Mark Marin is? The answer is a resounding yes. She researches her new businesses and her new industries. Of course she knows who Mark Marin is. She knows the heavy hitters. <laughs> No, she does her research. You're right. Like, if anyone is, like, getting a paper with bullet points and, like, reading them, it's Dua Lipa, I think. It's she's Dua very, Lipa. like, she's very much, like, able to do 45 things. Like, she's she's juggling and she loves it. Absolutely loves it. I mean, when she's not on vacation for weeks, she is out here reading bullet points about some, something. And I think she definitely knows who Marin is. She probably even, like, asked him for advice on hosting oh, yeah. podcast. you know? She knows Marin. She knows Jay Shetty. She knows... The Pod Save America boys. She pays attention. She's listened to every episode of Glennon Doyle's podcast, you know? Oh, of course. Speaking of I don't know her games, this is a really good question. Does Brad Pitt know who Trisha Paytas is? Crunch, crunch. Great question. Did you see that Ice Spice approved of Trisha Paytas' Ice Spice drag? Of course Ice Spice approved of Trisha Paytas' Ice Spice drag. It was good. I watched a video today of Trisha Paytas going to like a fast food drive-in in in her Ice Spice drag. 
what's great about Trisha Paytas is she's not like professionally like her looks aren't professionally put together. They're like slapped together. Like she's like painting glitter on a on a golf ball. But she's so rich, so she has a lot of ingredients. Sure, but she's get but she's no different than you or I. She's getting them from Amazon.com and like again yeah. like putting a a five dollar chain on like a golf ball and painting it glittery. I, I just it's a relatable. <laughs> her outfits are not good enough. She's not go. She's she's doing a relatable art here. Is yeah. what I'm saying. I know she's yeah, rich, but true. I don't think she's spending that on her ice spice costume, which is a red wig and a necklace. You know, <laughs> she's just like someone who has like a very big and elaborate like costume closet. You know, it's That's just true. a lot she of crap. Really in does. There. Okay. Does Brad Pitt know who Trisha Paytas is? No, absolutely not. Why? No, he never, paid, he never. That man like spends his whole life avoiding knowing who Trisha Paytas is, right? Like that's absolutely like, that's the dream. That's the goal. The question though, does Angelina Jolie know who Trisha Paytas is? Well, because she has who spends She's time with, the with kids. their kids, not Brad. She spends time with the kids. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. But to be fair, her kids are a little different than most kids. I don't, yeah, think, I don't think her kids. I actually don't think any of those kids. I'm not kids sure know her kids are allowed near YouTube or whatever. You know, if I had my guess. Shiloh saw one Trisha Paytas video and said, um, I won't be liking or subscribing. <laughs> well, like, I just always think about that photo of them selling like dog treats in the park during COVID. Remember that uh-huh. like sad, that sad pic where they're in the background. Like they're photo. just, they're doing like other activities, not like caught up in caught up in screen time although mm-hmm. screen time does come for every everyone even mm-hmm. it's kind of unavoidable so maybe Who i don't know but brad Pitt it wasn't even during COVID. oh it was sarah, sarah ramos, ramos. <laughs> yeah iconic photo thank you sarah for that contribution photo. to culture so funny okay no one in the pit jolie family knows who trisha paytas is hi blt i was wondering if you can help rank the famous Jasons. There's way more than I realized. So we've got Bateman, Statham, Siegel, Biggs, Sudeikis, Mraz, Derulo, Momoa, Alexander. I think those are all the big ones. You can add any others if I forgot, but can you who to them them? Pretty 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 please. I love you. Women do belong in balloons. This is too many Jasons. Jason Bateman, Jason Statham, Jason Stegall, Jason Biggs, Jason Sudeikis, Jason Mraz, Jason Derulo, Jason Alexander. I'm sorry, if Derulo and Biggs are on there, I'm adding Manzoukas. How about Jason and the Argonauts, right? How about Statham? (laughs) I just feel like, how about Aldean, Momoa? Like, I just feel like we can't really rank Jasons because they're just too many Jasons. Then let's just pick the themiest Jason because these are all, there are so many Jasons that I'm like overwhelmed and upset. I'm actually, frankly, alarmed. I think that there are too many Jasons. I think so too, and I th- Jason Priestley. I'm just naming more Jason Lewis from the Sex and the Sex City. City. Jason Ritter, come on! I love Jason Ritter. I love Jason Ritter. Jason Schwartzman. You know what this calls for? Celebrity book club? No, sorry, famous celebrity birthdays. birthdays. Famous, famous birthdays. birthdays. Oh my god. Um, you know who the famous, most famous Jason is? I think right now is fucking Jason Bateman. I saw multiple people in smartless hats over the past week and I was like what it, the it's only fuck? made him it's only made him more famous oh my god famous Jason's and famous birthdays is demonic do you want to hear Jason this? Derulo Derulo Kelsey as in Travis Kelsey's brother Jason Jason because Nash uh, Trisha Paytas's ex who does YouTube Jason Momoa number four Jason Mraz number five Jason Statham number six Jason Coffee. don't even know who that is from TikTok number seven 
Bateman doesn't even appear until 15. I don't think this reflects culture. Get out of here. Well, the reason Jason Derulo was at the top of this list is because of all of Jason Derulo's controversy right now. And people are, I think, Googling it more. I know, it's true. It's true, and it's dark, and I don't like him, and I he really, I, he bothers me so much. Okay, you know what this is a case for, actually? The what? star meter. We're going to the IMDb star meter. All right, go the star meter. Well, although Jason Kelsey's not going to be on the star meter. Well, then sure. he doesn't count. Jason Kelsey isn't even part of this conversation, okay? Let's not kid ourselves. Jason Bateman, he's number 275 on the star meter. Okay, that's high. I would say Jason Statham is the closest competitor. Statham is 104 on the star meter. And I think the only other Jason who could maybe come close is Sudeikis. I really think Sudeikis, Statham, and uh, Bateman are the highest. And for various reasons, like Statham's a legit movie star. Bateman has like, is beloved. And also Sudeikis has a real hold on culture because of Ted Lasso being like, you know, very successful show. Sudeikis is number three of these three. He's 422 on the list. So he's lower than Jason Bateman and Jason Statham. And I'm going to go ahead and say that it has to be... God, I don't... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Bateman above Sudeikis. I think that Smartless is too big of a thing. It's so powerful. Jason Bateman, number one famous. They try to take him down with that... Um, He was a little baby on the show because he couldn't get his computer to work. And I don't think anyone cared. <laughs> I don't even think that he cared. Because it was like, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that Jason Bateman, former child star and current podcast host, is like a little baby. Okay? We're not surprised. Also, who among us hasn't been a little baby about equipment not working? Get out of here. I'm a little baby about everything. You should hear our outtakes being little babies about equipment not working to each other. Like, get out of here. I'm a little baby. Those in glass houses should not throw podcast mics out of the house. Into the glass. I'm going to give you one more chance for that one. <laughs> no, I know it's stones, but I'm just saying like. No, not... I know, I know. But like just to get that one clear. Those in glass houses should not throw podcast mics. I think was good. And then you added outside Out the of the house. house. <laughs> Out of the house. I just wanted to be clear the like the imagery that I was. Yeah. It's con- a good image. Conveying. Okay. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There. Keep calling in at 619 Who Them to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Buy tickets to our live show. We'll see you in Los Angeles next week, and then Vancouver, and then San Francisco. What a weird down, then up, then down again. Get tickets to the newly announced after party for our New York City show on November 16th with Gorgeous Gorgeous at the Fishbowl. If you want to party, extend the babysitter's hours. Or if you don't need a babysitter, slay mama. Come to our party and hang out with us all night. It's true. Um, And we'll (laughs) see you on Tuesday with – no, actually, we're not going to have an episode next week because of all the travel. Yeah, we're – we are going to be off next week. We'll have an amazing compilation ep on Friday, which – I think they're amazing. I'm like loving like them. them. I love them. But we are not going to stop the Patreon. So if you're a subscriber, you could subscribe on Patreon or Apple Podcasts. You'll be getting new episodes every Sunday. If you're like, I'm going to miss them so much. Well, guess what, honey? Get thee to Patreon. <laughs> Morning show recaps d- do not release themselves, right? Those are going to be coming no matter what. <laughs> so thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Those in glass houses should not th- throw podcast mics out of the house into the glass.
This is a response to the bro who called about Travis Kelsey. Which one of you hooligans made your boyfriend call and leave that message? Because how many bros are listening to Who Weekly? And if you are a bro listening to Who Weekly, we need you to call in for attendance because... Showing all. Hi, Weekly. Long time, first time. I spent a few days last week at the 51st Albuquerque International Balloon Fiesta, and I just wanted to give a shout-out to pilot Judy Nakamura, who adeptly landed her balloon bounce right next to my campsite. Now more than ever, I can say, women do belong in balloons. Crunch, crunch, Lindsay Podcaster. Hi, Who Weekly. This is mostly just for Bobby. I I have no one else to tell this to because not one other person will care. But I just checked out at the Stop and Shop behind Ian Hawk, happily ever after his fiancé, soon to be husband, and he checked out and then said, hold on, I'll be right back, went to his car, I guess, and brought back a box of cliff bars that he bought another time and said, I want to return these. And was directed to customer service. Um, yeah. Wild morning for me, truly. Just reporting out here in the wild streets of Westport. Uh, crunch, crunch. Me in Greece. Bye. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, to me. Um, I just had a, I was watching TikTok and I came across one of the VIP list girly videos and I was just thinking, I know you make this joke all the time about like, I wish you would read at my funeral, but like, can you imagine having your eulogy read by the VIP list girlies? I think that would be like the most incredible thing ever. Like, just being at the podium, and she's like, Lindsay was a podcaster, and she really was amazing, and she did a podcast called Who Weekly, and it was super popular. Go cry about it. I can't do the voice. You do it much better than me, but just, I just had that thought. <laughs> I think it would be really funny. <laughs> um, Yeah, that'd be great. Just, just thought I'd share. Um, fuck, I can never think of one. Um, do you have like a spreadsheet of all of your? Actually, that would be so stupid. Don't make a spreadsheet of all the sign offs. Um, Gaga Gucky. Hey, BLT. Uh, so I'm just spiraling down Wikipedia and learning about John Haywood, a 16th century English writer who honestly might have the most epic sayings, like iconic sayings that have gone down in history. Like, uh, this hitteth the nail on the head and uh, a penny for your thought and beggars should be no choosers. So basically the question is, who has the more iconic quotables, Lindsay Weber or John Haywood? Thanks. Crunch, crunch.